0: The readings are all from Deuteronomy, chapter 7, to be found on pages 170 to 171 in the Old Testament section of the Church Bibles. Reading 1 is Deuteronomy 7, verses 1 to 6. When the Lord your God brings you into the land that you are about to enter and occupy, and he clears away many nations before you, the Hittites, the Girishites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, Seven nations mightier and more numerous than you. And when the Lord your God gives them over to you and you defeat them, then you must utterly destroy them. Make no covenant with them and show them no mercy. Do not intermarry with them, giving your daughters to their sons or taking their daughters for your sons. For that would turn away your children from following me to serve other gods. Then the anger of the Lord would be kindled against you and he would destroy you quickly. But this is how you must deal with them break down their altars, smash their pillars, hew down their sacred poles, and burn their idols with fire. For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you out of all the peoples on earth to be his people his treasured possession. Reading 2, Deuteronomy 7, 7-11. to It was not because you were more numerous than any other peoples that the Lord set his heart on you and chose you. For you were the fewest of peoples. It was because the Lord loved you And kept the oath that he swore to your ancestors, that the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of slavery, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who maintains covenant loyalty with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations and who repays in their own person those who reject him. He does not delay, but repays in their own person those who reject him. Therefore, observe diligently the commandment, the statutes, and the ordinances that I am commanding you today reading 3 Deuteronomy chapter 7 verses 12 to 16 if you heed these ordinances by diligently observing them the Lord your God will maintain with you the covenant loyalty that he swore to your ancestors. He will love you, bless you, and multiply you. He will bless the fruit of your womb and the fruit of your ground, your grain and your wine and your oil, the increase of your cattle and the issue of your flock in the land that he swore to your ancestors to give you. You shall be the most blessed of peoples, with neither sterility nor barrenness among you or your livestock. The Lord will turn away from you every illness, all the dread diseases of Egypt that you experienced. He will not inflict on you, but he will lay them on all who hate you. You shall devour all the peoples that the Lord your God is giving over to you, showing them no pity. You shall not serve their gods, for that would be a snare to you. Deuteronomy 7, verses 17 to 26. If you say to yourself, These nations are more numerous than I. How can I dispossess them? Do not be afraid of them. Just remember what the Lord your God did to Pharaoh and to all Egypt. The great trials that your eyes saw. The signs and wonders. The mighty hand and the outstretched arm by which the Lord your God brought you out. The Lord your God will do the same to all the peoples of whom you are afraid. Moreover, the Lord your God will send the pestilence against them until even the survivors and the fugitives are destroyed. Have no dread of them, for the Lord your God, who is present with you, is a great and awesome God. The Lord your God will clear away these nations before you, little by little. You will not be able to make a quick end of them, otherwise the wild animals would become too numerous for you. But the Lord your God will give them over to you and throw them into great panic until they are destroyed. He will hand their kings over to you and you shall blot out their name from under heaven. No one will be able to stand against you until you have destroyed them. The images of their gods you shall burn with fire. Do not covet the silver or the gold that is on them and take it for yourself Because you could be ensnared by it, for it is abhorrent to the Lord your God. Do not bring an abhorrent thing into your house, or you will be set apart for destruction like it. You must utterly detest and abhor it, for it is set apart for destruction. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to
1: God. Let's pray together. Lord God, thank you that you call the people to yourself. And thank you that you continue to call the people to yourself. We pray that we would be part of your chosen people, that you, we would know your love for us, and we would know your leading in our lives. For we ask in your mighty name. Amen. So did we hear in that reading, there are a number of those themes. God gives them a land that he has promised to them. But he also says that it's not by their strength, not by their cleverness that they will get it. Not by being too numerous even, but actually only by trusting in God. He says be distinct, live differently Because the Lord, your God, loves you, and that is why you should do it. So don't worship other gods. Don't covet the fancy things that they have. In their religion, you are called to do things differently. So God is faithful, and he shows that he loves them. And he says, I want to bless you. I want you to know plenty. He says, we see that God is powerful and he says, remember what was done in those previous days. Remember what happened in Egypt, because by saying what happened then is the God that you believe in for your future as well. So that is what we hear from that reading. In our summer series, when I sort of visioned it up, I wanted to do things differently It's the summer, loads of people here, not here, everywhere, Um, and I didn't really want this to be sort of a preaching. This is a bit more like teaching, so I've done things a bit differently by talking before the reading. I'm going to do things a bit differently again. Why don't we get our Bibles out? Um, I mean, we all got our Bibles out already, Um, but I want you to turn to your contents page. Um, and we're going to race through um, the, the the history of God with His people in the Old Testament. When you open up a book in Scripture, do you often feel I don't I don't necessarily know where this fits in with the wider story? Because there's there's this wonderful thing when you get the sort of arching narrative and the history that goes through the Old Testament, you're like, I can see a little bit more of how God is at work. So I'm just going to run through those Old Testament books, um, the ones specifically focused on histories. I'm going to skip over the ones which are generally named after Prophets. And the reason is that hopefully we will see God at work. We will see that he is faithful and that he calls his people to be faithful in every generation that he meets. So in our first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, these are known as the Pentateuch. We meet some of our earliest, um, they're called the patriarchs, the, the people of God really learning what it is to follow God. People like Abraham, Moses, Isaac, Jacob. Abraham is called out of of, um, Ur, where he lives, into um, the place that God wants um, for his future people. Um, But through famine, the people end up um, in Egypt. I'm sure many of us will know that. Um, then a generation goes by, uh, God raises up Moses, um, and Moses is not keen, but God says, you are the person that I'm going to call out, and uh, we have the famous um, exodus through the wilderness across 40 years, uh, and God leads his people. He shows that he is faithful, that he is with them, that he was with them in Egypt, that They didn't go to Egypt by accident, That actually they were led there um, by God to escape famine. And so that is where we meet um, those founding um, fathers of the faith. We then can skip through to Joshua. This is about the people of God entering into Canaan, entering into the land that God is establishing for them. We next skip on to judges. Um, this is very unhelpfully termed. Um, the, the origin of this is that the people of God asked for a king. They said, they've got kings. The, the next door countries, they've got kings. How are we supposed to um, be taken seriously if we don't have kings? And God said, I will give you judges. And, and these will be good for you because I am the Lord your God. I am your king. You don't need any other's um apart from me they weren't so keen on this but they said all right god and through the book of judges we see that some judges were good and they drew closer to god others weren't and it says and then they wandered far from god for 40 years and eventually they worked it out and they came back but that you when you read the book of judges that's always the key are they going towards god or are they going away from god and will they trust him they don't need a king. But will they uh, lean into God? Will this leader be good for helping the people of God um, move towards God or away from God? So now skipping down a few, um, we go to 1 and 2 Samuel having said we won't have kings, I'm sure if you know your Old Testament, the people of God had kings. They, they just never liked it. They, God finally goes, all right, I'll give you a king. And then we have Saul and we have David. And these are the, the two kings that we meet in 1 and 2. Samuel. And this is about learning to to be with God, Um, and for a very short amount of time, three generations, all of the tribes of Israel are united under Saul, under David, and under Solomon. Um, We often think of the the people of God and the united tribes of the 12 tribes of Israel as being united through a lot of the Bible. Actually, it's only three generations. Um, Three generations of these kings, we find them in 1 and 2 Samuel. And then in 1 Kings, um, it uh, deals then with Solomon. So let's skip through now to 1 and 2 Chronicles. I really like 1 and 2 Chronicles because if it, they cover a vast length of time. They cover many, many books worth. And what many, many books cover in a chapter or two, they may be covering a a paragraph. So it's zippy. You know, they really go through a lot. And so if you want an introduction into uh, quite a long period of um, the people of God's history in the Old Testament, you do worse than starting at 1 and 2 Chronicles. You'll start putting things together. um, How things fit together... What does it look like to go towards God? What does it look like to fall away from them? You can get the sense that when they're getting to these particular books, they're understanding what it means to go towards God. What does it mean to go away from him? So stepping back from the, the whistle-stop tour that we're going through, you get this sense there are highs and there are lows, but also there is a general sense that things aren't going right. That by the time we've got to the ends of uh, the books of Kings, the books of Chronicles, um, the people of God have been worshipping other gods. Um, There has been this sense that maybe... uh, in the northern kingdoms, there's been a sense of they're doing their own thing and we're doing our own thing. There's greater separation. And the, the people of God aren't in a good place. And actually, both, um, there are two um, invasions that happen in this low ebb. So the, the southern kingdom, so after our three generations of kings, they separate the southern kingdom is known as Judah. The northern kingdom is known as Israel. And so the the southern kingdom is invaded by Babylon. And and what happens here is Babylon says, if we take your influential people, your up-and-comings, then you'll never rise up against us. So they take people like Daniel over to Babylon. And that's why we have... Daniel being an up-and-coming over in Babylon, because that's their way of doing things, and that was their way of doing things historically. From the north, the Assyrians um, invaded. Uh, Their way was not to take the up-and-comings. Their way was just to take vast numbers out, put vast numbers in. If we confuse them, if there are sort of dilutions of languages, cultures, then they can't rise up against us. Very, very different, but equally um, effective. Ultimately, the northern kingdom morphed its language, morphed its religion. They became the Samaritans. And so um, we find less and less of them. They found it very hard to come back to faith after the times of their invasions. Actually, the people who had gone over to Babylon were able to come back. And when they did come back, actually, they went, we messed up. We worked out that actually we were on a a downward ebb and we never saw it coming. But actually, we want to rebuild Jerusalem. We want to rebuild the temple. And so you get that in the books of um, Nehemiah and Ezra. And these are all about, let's get it back together, guys. There's this wonderful moment in Nehemiah when he just says, we're reading the whole thing. We are reading the entirety of scripture and it takes them days and they get to the end of it and they weep and they go, we get it. And, but then they, they call out the, the, the trumpets and they, they recommit themselves to God and it's a wonderful moment to come back to. So also there are plenty of the prophetic books, books named after individuals. Um, And I haven't mentioned them, but have you ever sort of, I don't know, know, said in home group, oh, we're doing Amos, we're doing Obadiah, we're doing Joel, um, and then thought, where does that fit in? Now, I'm not going to sort of go through. Some are clearer, some are less clear. Some are purposefully being clear, some are purposefully making themselves not because actually the, the, they're more timeless. They're more about what they mean than the exact circumstance that they happened in. But something I'm going to leave with you is, you know, wherever you pick up your um, scripture in the Old Testament, do you get a sense of where it's at, where it's at in this um, historical and theological arc, do you get a sense of, are we in an upward direction or a downward direction? Are we following God or are we not? Are we um, knowing that we need to lean into God, into that sacrificial system, into that needing for atonement, or are we not? So the God that we meet Throughout the Old Testament, through the people of God, the Israelites. This is the person who we see in greatest fullness in the person of Jesus. Spoiler alert, that's next week. But that is where we're heading that we will see in part the God who we meet in the person of Jesus here in our Old Testament. Because in creation, God creates a good world. He makes creation good in the fall. We see that barrier set up between us and God. But God chooses a chosen people. He says, you are my people. This is who I am. You are my people and this is what I want from you. And if you do, I will bless you. I will be with you. And ultimately, this is the commitment that he makes to us, that we are grafted into this. And so my challenge to you um, this week, and whenever you come up with your, um, you know, the next time you're opening some scripture from the Old Testament, where does it fit in? Um, If you've never... um, Had a sort of a little book to sort of help you. I have a a number of different books that sort of do help me. Um, I'm going to have them with me at the back. If you're saying, I've I've never had one of these books that will help me. Um, They're about the same price, but one's quite thin and one's quite thick. So it depends on your personality. Um, If if you like a really chunky book, this is like 1,200 pages for about the same price. Um, So. But if you, if you go, I'd never even look at that, um, then, then grab the thinner one. Um, so one's called Unlocking the Bible by David Porson. The other's called The Bible Book, A User's Guide. Each one has a little section. You can go, oh, we're in Nehemiah. I'll look up Nehemiah. It says, oh, it's about rebuilding the walls. Um, great. And coming back to God after the uh, exile. Brilliant. I know where I am, I can, I can read it with greater confidence, um, because when we get at that sense of context, I think it's really helpful, because it really illuminates that, that God has been working in the people of God, and that he will work in them, and therefore actually that he'll work in us. So that's my encouragement to us this evening. Let's pray before we continue the service. Lord God, thank you that you chose a people for yourself, that you led them out of the wilderness, that you would never let them go, that in the highs and the lows, you said that you would always be there with them. We pray that we would be a faithful people to you, that we would know your guiding presence with us. Help us when we don't know how to follow you, And would we know your blessing on us and all those whom we know, for we ask in your mighty name.
0: Amen.